0: Let's go. Binge Town, how are we feeling tonight? Hosting for his very first time tonight is me, Dave, and I have with me Kyle, Luke, and Paul. And if you couldn't guess by the title of the podcast, we are here today to cover Alice in Borderland episodes one and two. And I got to admit, I told the Binge Town group chat before this that this might be the most excited I am to cover a show since the Magicians, honestly. Luke, for a couple weeks, for a while, actually, was recommending me this show. And I was putting it off for a little, and once I finally watched episode one, it took me two days to finish it. It could have easily have been one if I didn't start the series at like 5 p.m. So, kudos to Luke for finding the show. If it wasn't for him, I don't think we'd be doing this. This show is probably my favorite show I've watched,
1: like new show that I've watched over the last like six months-ish. Um, when I found this show, I recognized it because it's also based on the source material of an anime, a manga. Sorry, not an anime, a manga, and. It's just one of those popular, just random names I've heard before. But when I saw it come onto Netflix, I saw it was subtitled and it's obviously going to be the original is going to be in Japanese. I was sure not too many people watched it. But when I started doing a little bit more research and found out that it basically got greenlit for a second season, two weeks after the initial drop, I thought like I had to give it a shot and I fell in love with it. I think it's amazing and thought it would be perfect for a Rooks and Vets show. And that's what, that's what this is going to be. We're going to be doing Rooks and Vets. But this is going to be a little bit different than our normal Rooks and Vets where it's dominated by the Rook perspective because Dave, myself, and Paul are going to be vets here and Kyle's going to be the only representation for Rook. So we're going to be rely on him for all the fresh takes because we will be keeping it the, the no-spoiler nature of Rooks and Vets. So we're only going to be talking about whatever the episodes are up until the point of the episodes we're covering. But I'm just so incredibly excited for Kyle to experience this and for me to experience him experience. It's fucking awesome.
2: This is a—it's uh, a lot of pressure to be the only rook, but uh, I'm more than willing to shoulder that burden. I actually didn't realize that it was going to be like a season two type show, so I'm actually really excited that there's going to be like more than just one—a one-off season.
0: For some reason, I thought the same thing too when I was watching it. As I was getting towards yeah. the end, I was like, "This is not feeling like a one-season show." I don't know why I had that presump—like uh, assumption—in my head that it was going to be one season, but. I'm very excited for the upcoming seasons. Just to add
1: on a little bit more context about how long the show is going to run. After I finished the first season, of course, I did my normal, just Googling the shit out of it, looking at all the Reddit posts, just more conversations about it. And what I found out is that the first season of the show covers roughly 50% of the manga. So at minimum, we're going to get two seasons and I could totally see them going the route where they're going to try and split it out over two more seasons. The final half of it, That's personally what I want because this would be a perfect three season show, in my opinion. I hope we're going that route.
3: Just throwing out my watching experience, Kyle, I am so sorry that you are a rook on this because you can't binge it all the way through. Like Dave said, I would have binged it in one day if I didn't start watching it at 7 (laughs) p.m. And even then, I was like, all right, I can get three, I can get another episode in. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it was too good. Loved every second of it and cannot wait for season two.
1: And last thing I'll say of context wise before we start jumping into the actual episode is you might not know this based on the content we cover at Bingetown, but we are just super anime nerds, super manga fans. And we love all sorts of stories across the board when it comes to Japanese kind of just stories in general. And this is kind of right up our alley of things we talk about off podcast. So we're very excited to let our nerd show in a different way from fantasy and sci-fi and focus a little bit more on the anime side.
2: It's a, it's funny to that you mentioned that the the Japanese audio might have turned a lot of people who you know are just watching Netflix off but literally feel at home. It felt great to just yeah. hearing people speak Japanese and reading subtitles.
3: It's just the best.
2: The names
1: if, aren't that bad either.
3: If I closed my eyes I, I said this to Luke, I would think I'm watching an anime the mm-hmm. the voice acting in it the acting in general is just amazing though.
0: It's already the best live action representation of an anime ever. <laughs> Completely
1: agree.
3: Completely
1: agree. I
0: haven't like, even read the source. Material. It doesn't even come close. When
3: I say the acting's amazing, I mean like anime translated because there's yes. ridiculous scenes in there
1: by design, though. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's hard to it's get just that. Light. It's hard to get that goofiness from an anime in a real live action, and I think they do it very well. But I mean, now that we have our opening thoughts, what do you guys say? Want to get right into this? Let's or? do it. All right. So we'll start things off. Uh, we're introduced to three of our main characters right away. We have Adisu, who I guess you know is a literal representation of Alice. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't tell by the title of the show, it's going to be there's going to be references, a little back and forth, and we'll have Luke help us out with those. Um, the parallels. Alice in Wonderland, yeah, connections. Yeah. So we have Adisu, who we learn is a gamer. Um, we quickly find out that his mom passed away, and it seems like he doesn't handle that very well. He's considered to be a quote unquote parasite at home. He refuses to get any sort of job um, that his dad lines up for him. His brother is Mr. Perfect, you know, already has a job just rubbing it in his brother's face that he's so much better than him, blah, blah, blah. Cue him leaving his household, essentially. Next, we have Karube, who is uh, the hottie bad boy that I think all of us pretty much are definitely big Karube stands. He's so. the fighter. Yeah, he is the fighter of the group. Uh, we see him early on hooking up with his boss's girlfriend. <laughs> which proceeds to get him fired from his job. And he is now also wandering the streets. Uh, next, we have Chota, who's kind of got really nothing going for him. <laughs> Honestly, I mean... He's, no, he's got a job, at least. Yeah, I was going to say, he is like the most average person in this group. He's just like... He, we see him have some sort of business job. He's suit and tie guy. Um, we see him paying his mom for something. Um, but we just all know that none of them really have that much money collectively. And the indiv- the paying of the mom thing was related to her religious background yeah that's what i assume and she was
1: saying like we got to save everybody we got to purify the world whatever it is i think it's just paying money towards essentially a
0: church religious group yeah. yeah so they're each all extremely annoyed at the lives that they're currently living um so they're texting back and forth they decide to meet up at shibuya station to get some drinks um where they after meeting up they kind of start discussing the hardships of their lives you know completely just right away says, I wish I could go to some unknown place, which is you'll get what you want pretty soon, but <laughs> you shouldn't uh shouldn't be wishing for that this soon. This this is like
1: a part where you can really start if you have any exposure to anime, you could start to pick up on the cues how they're really leaning into that idea. Like we have the scene where Karube has Arisu on hit on his shoulders and he's screaming like exaggerated. Like that's that shit doesn't happen, but that's anime and I think they do a good job of leaning into that.
0: They're very emotional here. Like they're just yeah. all buddy, buddy. It's everything's, you know, butterflies and rainbows. It's all good. I think it's funny too that they kind of fit into kind of more like,
2: you know, I guess Japanese anime archetypes or archetypes or whatever of characters. Uh, like Kairobe is that classic, like, delinquent role. Honestly, I, uh, in my notes, I mean, to me, he's Ichigo. I just call him Ichigo. <laughs> But, he's, you know, like Yusuke Orameshi, Korobara, there's like that classic just always getting in street fights. You know, they get the girls a little bit. Um, what so is the,
1: I, name, the guy that I always think of when I see Karube is um, Sanji? I guess, no, I For guess me. kind of off of, a little bit a off good of looks, but who is Kenshin's boy? Kenshin's right hand man. The, the one that does the double punch, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're talking he kinda, about. He's got spiky short hair, kind of like him. He's tall. I don't know. I just get those kind of vibes while, from him.
0: It's been a while since I've tackled Kenshin, yeah. I'll admit. <laughs> All right. Anyway, keep going. All right. And another interesting comment that we have here is that uh, Karabe looks at Adisu. They're kind of talking about if zombies were to show up, you know, how the world would just end. But Karabe makes a comment to Adisu saying he would be the one to survive and encourages him to stop hanging around with us and go live life to which Arisu gives him that traditional Japanese, uh-huh,
3: <laughs> and then just to no response. Yeah, just, like Karube just looks up in the distance.
0: That kind of statement is just main character vibes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already know that this Arisu is going to be a big part for, just mm-hmm. from what they're saying right here. And I already liked
3: what we got from Arisu. I mean, him walking out of his house, we saw him playing a video game until his brother rudely interrupted him when he was in the zone. (laughs) And then when he was walking to meet with them at the station, he was playing, you know, that 3d almost looks like a Rubik's cube type of game. Um, And I thought that was cool because when they showed him in his room playing the game, they showed a few books and the books had something in common and they were all, you know, fractal geometry and sacred geometry and Audi and Audi and BMW 3d geometry. Hmm. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, going forward, hmm. you know, towards the end of this episode and beyond, he just seems to have really good like spatial recognition.
1: And hmm. that also got further established when he was doing the Rubik's Cube with one hand on yeah.
3: the app. I
0: was like, bro, while he's walking, <laughs>
3: yeah, through a crowded city, yeah. and it's not an issue. Kadabe
0: has such bad timing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I also I liked who they had the conversation
2: just like rolling on the screen. I mean, obviously we can not read the kanji, but it's just, I don't know, I just liked how like, they were both, you know, all of them, or three of them, rather, just kind of walking through, and we're just getting their conversation through texting, scrolling. It just looked cool on the screen.
1: Yeah.
3: I just stepped in vomit. Congrats
0: on stepping in vomit. <laughs>
1: yeah, <it's> so weird. <laughs> I'm sure that's just an issue of, like, translating Japanese to English, but I, it's just I super it, crazy I took sometimes. it more
0: as just, like, uh, odysseys that's just, like, the kind of luck that he has, I guess. Just, sure. Of course, he would be the one to step in vomit on the streets. And but. At, at one
3: point, they meet up, and they're texting, I see you, I'm coming to you, I see you, too. Caruba is like, just talk. Like we're yeah. all here.
0: <laughs> um. So this is where things start to hit the fan. The boys are in their Wonderland. I guess I shouldn't really say that technically, but you know, everything's good for them. They're kind of joshing around, whatever. They accidentally cause a car accident and are being pursued by the police. Um, They decide to hide in a bathroom stall. So this is a nice little comedy scene we get here of them joking about a fart and, you know, blowing it in each other's faces. I thought that was good. Very relatable. <laughs>
3: As they're running from the cops.
0: As they're running from the cops, the, you know, banging on the walls, they're qu- staying quiet. And then all of a sudden, boom, power goes out. What the fuck is going on? Everything just went super quiet. You know, Su volunteers to go out of the bathroom stall. He takes a look around and every single person that we had just seen is gone. Mm-hmm. and are we in tokyo we are in I, i've been writing tokyo honestly so. okay so we're in tokyo
1: there, this is just you know it's new york city basically like there's just a million people around everyone's gone that is just straight out of a dystopian story right there and i think it's perfect
3: and arisu was all hype yeah it was like this is cool i like this
0: yeah after a little bit of running around they literally explore all over the city um the only ones that seem excited by this is Adisu and Chota they're kind of looking back and forth and like this is kind of cool you know no one's around whereas Kadube we saw earlier has kind of a girlfriend that he really enjoys um so he actually has something going for him in the previous lives but soon and chota meanwhile are like this is awesome
1: and one thing to note here is when they're looking around you see hints that the fact that there were people just there right like you see the, the lit cigarette that was kind of that you see all the debris that's just now floating in the street that was probably on people's you know in their bags and stuff but anyway then when they meet back up i think it's so funny because after they all can't find anything it's the classic
0: boy <laughs> so good <laughs> I just well, loved it. the Japanese language
2: so much I, I did think it was interesting that like some of the cars were just stopped perfectly and then some streets there weren't many cars on them and then some streets the cars were all like you know janked sideways some of the cars had like were stopped in the middle of an intersection with the door open um obviously we'll we'll probably learn more and more about that but I just I also couldn't be looking too much into it but I just thought it was interesting that I just figured there would be more cars and it would be more chaotic, Mm
3: -hmm. the leftovers. I I definitely agree. I thought there was it it, watching it. It's like, okay, if everybody disappeared, but there's some cars here. Why are there some cars and not all the cars are on the street at the moment? And also, you know, the produce in the passenger seat, you know, you, you see it's decaying. But it's not a whole shit's lot
1: inconsistent. Of we have no idea, basically. Yeah.
3: And I think that's on purpose. So confusing.
0: I mean, the fruit decay, and I'll be honest, was in episode two. But like that's a good point that you mentioned that oh, now. I'm just sorry. because like there's the cigarette, like Kadube was smoking that cigarette at the moment, like a little bit before the moment happens, and it's still in there, where in the, I don't know, timing's all weird. But as they're trying to piece together what is going on, like we are currently right now, we see a street line street sign light up and it says, Welcome players, the game will commence in a moment. Mm. Nervous. I mean, it seems fun. You know, at this time, there's no harm. You know, if everyone's disappeared and all the only information you have is a game, sure, I'll play a fucking game. Why not? You know, in the distance, they see another light go off and they head into its direction and it ends up being a GM building. Short. I guess that's short for game building. And there are arrows that lead them to where they have to go, essentially. Um, they eventually reach a door uh, with a bunch of phones lined up with a sign that says take one per person
1: and. What you found out from the scene before is that basically no technology is working, oh, meaning true, all true. their cell phones aren't working, but they come up to the beginning of this game start and they see all these working cell phones. So another weird part of this dystopian world.
2: Yeah. And that was for me, that was like the first hint where I was thinking that they were like transported somewhere else. Doesn't make sense to me that like it doesn't seem like just people left. It seems like the they went somewhere else where cell phones wouldn't be working because if people just disappeared I don't see why cell phone towers wouldn't still work.
0: And you see it too, when they grab the player phones in the corner, it says no service, but there is a battery life to them. So it's weird that these phones would work and that the ones that they have don't. So, yeah, bunch of questions coming up at this point in time. We do see them as they are walking past a certain point to get to this, uh, to the phones. There's like a laser that's like basically checking them in, essentially is what it sounds like. Um, it's like a, going into the ro- like a ride of a roller coaster. They, they're just, attacking the people there so next we finally get our first human interaction from the moment this happens uh we get introduced to a girl named shibuki who already kind of seems like she she's been in this uh some a sort of experience yeah, yeah.
1: and then also yeah, I had, sorry go ahead
0: i i had labeled her in my notes
2: initially before we knew her name as random sexy confident lady yeah. <laughs> i like
0: go. that
1: and then in the exact opposite way we have noob girl show up who is just freaking out, basically, even more than our main squad who just got here. So,
0: and we yeah. do, Shibuki does show us that they are now trapped. Uh, she grabs Chota's ID out of his pocket, throws it past the lasers that checked him in, and boom, there's a laser that shows up, shoots the ID right in the face of where Chota's head would be, and just not a good sign of where they're at mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: Freaking Arusu tries to go back up and like yeah. he's like looking at it, and like Dude, you, you want to test close.
1: You want to test
3: how close you can get? That's weird. <laughs> he, he does that multiple times over these two episodes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like looking at the guy. Go- oh my. God. And he he does look up and see that the laser does come in and destroy the ceiling and make a hole in the ceiling. So mm-hmm.
0: That's shot through multiple layers of just concrete, steel, all that stuff. Um so and like Luke said, we get introduced to some throwaway character at this point in time when the phones are they light up and they say that the game has begun. They what are they what they are playing is called Dead or Alive, and it is represented by the three of clubs. So I guess we'll just get right into this. They immediately have to enter a room and are given a countdown from two minutes there are two doors one is labeled live the other is labeled die essentially you just have to pick a door and if you go through the wrong door you'll we'll find out very shortly what happens so, so
1: let me take a quick pause though because what what were you thinking about Kyle when like you see the 3 of clubs did that mean like just tell me what you, what, what went through your head when you saw that
2: um so the number seemed very obvious to be like a level of difficulty mm-hmm. and I mean, it's interesting that we're doing the two episodes at once. Um, but, I mean, my initial thought was that the suit would be the type of game.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, I mean, now that we have that information, we honestly yeah. might as well just talk about it now. Just because I, I do like laying that out because we, we're we here. So, we found out that club is wit.
3: A club is team
2: battle. Nah, yeah. Club is a team battle. A diamond is a battle of wits. Spades are physical games. And then hearts are troublesome games of betrayal.
1: Okay, okay, cool right so we're looking at a three of clubs this is a team game here okay take us back to the room we see these two doors
3: freaking chota man he pulls out his camera oh this is so fun like oh don't worry scared girl like we'll get you out of here and we'll win that prize i assume there's a
0: prize chota literally says things are like with a smile on his face things are getting interesting it's like you're a fucking idiot right
3: here is like in this moment
2: yeah paul when he whips out the phone and everything i wrote down that this man is about to be a problem while
3: arisu and (laughs) and ichigo are definitely gonna be the goats talk about ankle weight man he's just gonna yeah exactly
1: i mean you just saw the power of these fucking lasers like come on you gotta have a little sense of urgency here so because we do find out it's like two minutes right yeah
0: the first room is they have two minutes and after about a minute of them arguing over what they should do and which door they should take we start to see smoke manifest in the room uh there's a fire being lit right beneath them so basically you can gather at this point in time if you don't figure out what door you're going through in two minutes you're going to fucking burn so Mm -hmm. hurry this shit up so the random schoolgirl, like I said, fucking throwaway character, just runs right through the live door, thinking she's good to go.
3: <laughs> Laser. Laser, right
0: <laughs> to the dome. And the gore that it shows of just like her eyes just going foggy and red just immediately is just so incredibly well done to me. I, I was just going to say, I love
1: it. It's probably CGI, right? Whatever it would be, a yeah. little bit of CGI. Yeah. I think it's done so well. And it is such a pivotal part of this world the entire you know probably series just this laser mechanic is just always looming and it's just always got to be in the back of your mind going forward after seeing that one time right in front of your face like the accuracy just how quick it is you can't make any wrong decisions you got to play by the rules so that's kind of just such a good way to put these characters into the mindset you need to be if you're going to survive in the wonderland and that's what,
0: and that's why I always, whenever I tell people about the show, I always say it's like a reference between like Saw and an anime called Sword Art Online, kind of. That you, you know, I would exp- that's how I would explain it to people. But like, it just puts you in these scenarios that you have to participate. Like mm-hmm. it's either it's life or death. There's no if ands or buts about it. You're going in there, and you're going to choose to survive over, you know, the laser is absolute. You have no choice here. Yeah. Yeah. So. We learned that you got to go through the die door coincidentally. So they enter the next room and it's sense and it's essentially the same setup, but now they have a minute and 50 seconds instead of two minutes. And this time it is simply pure luck that they get through this next doors, uh, this next room's door. Cute. Like. They're literally arguing, like, how the fuck are we supposed to determine which door we're supposed to go through? If it, if she just died going through mm-hmm. the live door, it can't be the live door twice in a row, right? You know? And Chota, at this
1: point, just crumbled.
0: Yeah, he's he vomited. <laughs> he's, he's, he vomited. Yeah,
3: he was literally puke. Oh, this is so fun to puking in, in a matter of, like, ten feet. Um, but this girl, she Shib- uh, Shibuki. Shibuki? Shibuki. Shibuki, Shibuki yeah. um, she's, like, saying, like, you open it. Like, no, I'm not going to open it. Like, I, I think it would be the better for humanity if i stayed alive (laughs) and immediately you're like fuck you
1: what are your current thoughts even with take into consideration what happens in episode two she doesn't have a lot but what are your current thoughts about her oh my god you can't trust her at all
0: that's how i exactly how i felt even like watching these first two episodes again i'm just like you can't trust this yeah i was so
1: indifferent about her i had no idea what to think like i would say that backstory all crazy
0: here it's it's like
2: in this game it's tough because you know, we only really have a connection to the squad of the three guys. So obviously they kind of push us to be anti her a little bit because her and uh, and Ichigo getting some scraps. Mm -hmm. But she also kind of has a little bit of a Nami vibe to her where she's like, you know, it's it's better for the human race if I survive, you know, really playing up that whole like I'm the delicate woman card. (laughs) She does it really well, though.
0: And like I said, uh, basically the game at the simplest term is each round you're gonna sacrifice someone is essentially how this game is gonna go. Um at this rate in time. Go ahead. And, go.
2: and I will say though that my feelings, my any type of like distrust I have for her is really came out in episode two. And this episode, um like you said, like largely indifferent. Um, you know, she seems combative at the start where it's like whatever, but then after, you know, at the end of the episode, it's kind of like she's much better.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these kinds of situations, sorry to cut you off, Paul, but these kinds of situations will absolutely mentally fuck with anybody. So we already kind of saw that she had already been a part of these kind of games. Like she has that experience. So she knows what she's getting into. She doesn't want to be attached to anybody in this fucking room. She knows that all of them are going to die, essentially. So she's just trying to get out of here whatever way she can they have a minute and
3: 50 seconds to decide which door and they just watch somebody die. Like it would take me like two hours to comprehend that. <laughs> like, let alone now it's like critical thinking crunch time. Sorry. Now, as much as
0: we were shitting on Chota, that is literally how I would react in that situation.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was puking, but I probably would puke the too. the
0: next room is the
1: one that's complete luck, right?
0: Yeah. So no. like they're they're going, no, this so they're going, was- yeah, they're going back and forth. It's like you open the door. No, you killed that girl. You open the door. Eventually, Carter Bay's, fuck it. I'm just opening a door.
3: Before that, Arisu goes up to one, and he's like, I'm going to do it. Don't worry. Oh, and he does It can't be lived twice. I'm going to go through the death door. And then he freezes before he turns Mm
0: the knob. Eventually, Carter Bay just picks one, opens it up. Thank God it's not a death door. So they're good to go. But now the mental pressure of the game is really starting to get to the players. Uh, they start arguing. Even Karube is arguing with, uh, Arisu and he pleads him to like that he has to know a way to get out of the situation. It's, it gets more and more heated up until the point where Karube just clocks Ariso in the face. And at that moment in time, he has a point in clarity and he's like, I got this. This is
1: the first real main character moment he has when he Mm -hmm. kind of Sherlock's this whole situation, which, was kind of fucking crazy. He just think like, he he just thinks back to them walking in because he's thinking about all the clues. And his whole thing is he's a gamer, right? Like he knows that every single game has strategies, every single game has like a game master, whatever it is. Like he's just treating it as an actual video game. And when he starts doing that fully, he it clicks like there's a clue it was him walking into the into the building. They he used the BMW out front, which Paul pointed out there was a book in his apartment on it. And he used the, the BMW as reference and he figured out the solution essentially by quickly drawing the map and figure in the room was perfectly they were all squares. It was just kind of worked out perfectly.
2: Yeah, and kind of piggybacking a little bit off that whole main character comment. It's just really cool that like puzzle games are what he's good at. That's just such an interesting mm-hmm. character trait for the person that we're kind of going to follow throughout this thing to have. It's just really interesting to see him. Kind of work through that puzzle in that moment and figure it out i my the note i wrote down after that i was like okay like he's obviously just going to be an absolute legend by the end of the show
3: mm-hmm. yeah and just to go back to all of his books in the beginning it's it's like his spatial recognition and it's he creates a map in his head it's almost like photo photographic memory wherever he goes and he is just for some reason that little trait just makes him unbelievably cool
0: Mm-hmm. And I love while Karube and Adisu are arguing that Karube literally called, he, he is the first one to call these games. Like he was like, this is a puzzle game. This is literally your forte. Like you may not be able to see it because people are dying, but this is literally a puzzle game. You're the only one who's going to figure this out. Yeah. And that, that motivation, like Luke did, uh, told us about was able to help him determine that which door is going to be the correct doors
1: until the last room, the final room. Yeah.
0: So I'm just going to, what I have here is they bust through a few more doors until they, what until they reach what they believe to be the end. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not the end though. I do. is puzzled because he has to choose between two final doors. One door being that leads hypothetically just right outside the building to the left of him or to the room that the first girl died in. He's like completely thrown back. He's like, there's no space between where the, this exit door and the building between us, you know, I don't know if I'm doing a good job explaining Still, this, but
1: we don't even need to get to yeah.
0: regardless. Yeah. He's, he determines that where the girl actually ended up dying is the right call because there wasn't an actual door in that room. So there was a mini room where she died. Right. And that they was used
1: the, Choda's video that he was took in the first room to figure it out. Yes.
3: Yeah. Which was, you know, time crunch mm-hmm. that uh, they, he remembered with like, 30 seconds left or something
0: yeah and then of course at that moment in time choda is being such a pussy that he is literally stuck in this room and it's three two one flares start shooting and choda's leg gets fucking caught in the crossfire and of course of course there's one more fucking room and they only have 10 seconds of this time it's like what the fuck you doing choda Get your head out of your I was so frustrated being <laughs> like why would you
1: not be right next to a door the second you walk into the next room stand next to one of the doors at least just to save a couple seconds
0: and this last this last last room challenge was a trap was a trap because Shibuki is literally about to just walk out of the it, there's it literally says live and there's an exit sign right over it she's about to walk through it and Audio Susan's like no that's trap that's bait go through the die door mm-hmm. They're determined to go out the die door. Big round of applause for our main characters because they survived game number one. They managed to survive, but whew, what a first episode.
3: And their reward is a playing He's, card. Yeah. A, a
0: literal <laughs> three. three of club.
1: Yeah. And um, we also find out here just like in the alley after they escape the building, they get their three of clubs and this is when they see another contestant just on the other side of the alley. And he Okay, so when when they get the three of clubs, you also find out
0: on their cell phones, they get a three-day visa reward. What's a visa, you asked? Well, this man, coincidentally, (laughs) will tell you all about him. He (laughs) literally is battered and beaten. He's talking to himself. He's saying that his visa ends today and that he's dropping out of the game. He's making like a turd. Yeah, he's literally making like a turd. Immediately after he says that, he is shot in the head with a laser and is dead. So we just know that visa is basically short for a vacation vacation between which you have time to rest and get ready for the next game. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, guys? Would you want to live in this fucking world or what? (laughs) How
3: the hell is that a three? That game is a three. That's insane. Oh, wait,
0: we actually do have one final scene. So at the very end, we get this cool shot of the dystopian Tokyo with lasers popping up all over the city. So we know that there's plenty of people in this world, but they're all just getting shot with lasers.
1: So basically at the same time, every night, the system goes through and cleans up all the people whose visas expired. It is what you just got to assume because all these people are dying at the same time because right. they didn't pass a game.
0: And then we see Mikasa. That's who she reminded me of <laughs> uh, overlooking the city with a look of determination and anger on her face. And that is the end of episode one. I saw Kyle's hand up. So we'll just go right to him. I just, I think it, it's
2: interesting that you know, Shibuki is kind of like our first hint that not everyone was transferred here at the same... Well, I say transferred because that's my theory, but not everyone is kind of on the same level here. They weren't all... They're not all new to the area. And then we really get that confirmation with this old man because he seems to be completely fed up and is like, I'm, I'm done doing this. So clearly it's not his first night like it is Arisu, Ichigo, and Chota's. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. But also I just, you know great first episode i think that the beginning is a little slow on purpose though and then they really ratchet up the tension i mean it's hard not to be on the edge of your seat trying to figure out the puzzles with them as they're kind of going through all of these rooms and then they leave us with another mysterious sexy lady so yeah, i think yeah. they, they really know how to reel us in
3: yeah just to further what you were saying on this fed up dude walked walking up to them saying, like, I'm done. He even says to them, you know, no matter how many games you play and pass, you're never going to clear the game. So he's got to been around for a while.
1: And the the question that I just thought of right now, I don't think is ever answered either, is how many days you have to play your first game? Like, what do you start? I was thinking that.
3: I was like, is there a glitch where if you never join a game, you can just live? (laughs) Because once they (laughs) scan your, it was like, once they scanned your face, there was a on the phone like it popped up and it said like visa zero yeah so i was like hmm would you either get lasered or would you just lit no
0: nah, there's definitely like that would just suck to be someone who just coincidentally never played a game well just i guess didn't a good follow thing. the lights. yeah you just didn't follow the lights and then you just got lasered randomly out of nowhere i guess you wouldn't really know but such a and it's,
2: yeah i just i really like the shot at the end like dave had described of just kind of um our mysterious lady overlooking the city and we don't see where the lasers are coming from, but they're obviously just coming from up in the sky, which is just kind of really intriguing because it's like, where Crazy. the fuck are these things actually coming from? You know, because they're not shooting from the ground; they're coming from above, and it's like easy to just think aliens, but I don't think it's going to be aliens. It just kind of makes me lean more into my whole simulation theory mm-hmm. at this point. It's, but I'm saying it, it's it's a little difficult to kind of talk about this episode knowing
0: that I've also seen the second episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which. Will lead us into episode two. Paul, was that your hand going up or? No, nah, it was okay. an itchy eyebrow. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. All right. But thankfully, we uh, open up episode two with coincidentally the girl we left off with in the last episode. So we find out, is it right here that her name's Usagi? I'm just going to say it right now that we get introduced to her. No, so.
1: we didn't. Fi- I don't think we, Kyle, did you? Oh, we did right there?
2: Or dead. dead. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it. I mean, obviously we're,
0: but yeah. Okay, whatever. So we get a- we get her name here.
3: I mean, we get that flashback with her dad, and then she yells. Yeah. Yells o- o- down.
0: Okay. So yeah, we find out her name is Usagi. It's a mem- memory of her mountain climbing with her father. Um, and we pull out of memory, and she's just saying she's going to survive. So and she's holding a playing card, which implies that she's mm-hmm. capable of winning games. Now we're back with the boys and girl. Uh, Chota discovers anything with an IC chip does not work. So basically, as we deduced in the first episode, cell phones, cars, um, anything that is like basically later electronically run, I guess, uh, just mm-hmm. doesn't work. Whereas radios, uh, walkie talkies, th- things like that will work. Um, this is where we get some big picture
1: theories. So I do want to kind of take a little bit of time talking about yeah. what they all say, because this is what we're doing as fans. Right. Mm-hmm. We find out. I think Chota says it could possibly be an EMP, which would kind of make sense we find out that it could also potentially be a uh, advanced Time VR travel. from oh, yeah. the European gaming company that I forget who mentioned that one. That Shibuki
2: does that to me, that felt a little heavy handed that felt a little bit like that's like, just why I, I kind of got disappointed a little bit. in after episode one thinking it was a simulation, because it kind of felt like they were feeding that to us a little bit too much on a platter. Mm-hmm. So it made me a little more wary of the simulation.
3: But then right after that, Chota, his leg starts acting up and Kaorube is like i don't think vr could uh, simulate like that, that pain yeah, yeah. yeah. but and yeah, also it's... the vegetables this is the vegetable scene yeah. that also made me kind
2: of think i mean they obviously focus in on it it was just interesting that was the first kind of where i was like time is not working in the right way because if those vegetables were there when our main three got transferred. I keep saying transferred, but I'm going to keep rolling with it. Yeah, that's, then, that's basically what I'm going to be saying. Like they wouldn't have enough time to have been rotten. So whose vegetables were they really? Because they weren't vegetables from people that were experiencing time at the same time as the three when they were in Tokyo beforehand. So I don't know.
0: And we also saw Khabib's Kari, cigarette, like at the bar that he was at. Like, so was that his? I, I wanted. I thought it was. I took I it as his. I For
3: thought me. it was his too. From earlier when he was. Swimming. I thought it was his baby girls. Could have so,
0: been. Okay, but regardless, like, the time that... So she still put her cigarette down in, like, within a day, whereas those vegetables were, you know, sitting for weeks. And so it's this is so weird. Yeah, they're discussing this over a hot meal, essentially their first hot meal since entering the game. After
1: they did a little zombie-style rating, which, of course, yeah. you would instantly do.
3: Hell yeah. And Sayori, uh, Sayori Shibuki? Shibuki, Sayori? Shibuki, yeah. I, just, I, I
1: can't... I was I writing was Sayori. Sayori everywhere. Sayori? <laughs> yeah, I was saying... Okay,
3: okay so uh, Sayori even eventually asks wait so when did you guys get here that was your first game that was your first night i've been here for three days now so they're like wait time doesn't make sense like i mean when when they they refer to it as when did everybody disappear for you Mm -hmm. um but like kyle like you're saying or did when was it that they got transported somewhere else
0: Kadobay believes it to be time travel. Chota shoots that down real quickly. But to me, I mean, it's either got to be time travel or transporting people to. Actually, world. it was the other
3: way around. Chota yeah. thought it was time travel, and Kadobay oh, right, was like, right, "Shut right. up! Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't exist."
0: But the in my notes right here, I have insert Paul's hottest scene. If you want to walk us through it, I don't know. How is this hotter than what? I mean, I, okay, I guess it it's literally be, yeah. her getting yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Well, railed I mean, from the back. Fucks,
1: she fucks Chota later too.
0: Yeah, but like this is like you're way right, more right, like right, you're right, you're gritty right. sex right here. was if you want to cover it. <laughs> this, is, this isn't my sexy. <laughs> Damn hilarious. it! I was sure that it was gonna be this one. Way right, too right, many,
3: so. do it. a little too many wrinkles okay, in the okay, in okay. the frame for for my sex <laughs> Damn,
2: bro. But yeah, this was scandalous. This was probably more, I mean, more scandalous than sexy because she's getting banged out by a married man. Yeah, that's and exactly what we happening.
1: find out she's lying to the squad about what was going on when she got taken.
2: Yeah, And she says chief, which makes you think that and then later on, uh, she says her superior. So it makes you think that she's like a cop or like cop, a detective.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: She kind of has that vibe to her a little bit, I guess. I mean, I don't know yeah. any cops, so I don't know. But <laughs> But she just kind of
1: the way she carries herself.
0: I was getting those vibes too, especially when she said chief and was using chief and superior as her terminology. Let
1: me uh, walk us through this next one here because we do not waste a lot of time getting right into the action and moving into the second
0: game of the series. Wait, I just, there is one thing I want to say. Sure. Uh, the, so they obviously no one can figure out anything. Um, the only thing that was determined though is, uh, Adiosus. Certainly says that there is a game master. Right. There is someone running the show 100%. We need to figure out what his signature is on the game. Dun, dun, dun. Now you can... If you want.
2: This isn't important at all, but the water bottles on top of the flashlights was genius.
0: Oh, to like expand the light? Yeah, to light yeah. up the room better. I, I thought that was really cool. I <laughs> didn't even notice that. You'll
1: start seeing some cool survival tactics. So, yeah, you'll pick up on those. But anyway, yeah, so we're ready to move on to the next game where... Arisu and Karube are talking and they decide that they pretty much have to go get more experience if they're going to survive as a group, even though Chota is hurt and can't walk. Well,
0: they also say that they're more likely to meet more people like a doctor. So that also kind of feeds also into true. why they want to do
3: that. I was just like watching. Sorry, God, but I was just like, why? Your visa.
0: Like, you have three days. <laughs> like even the
3: first day I'm watching, I'm like, you just it's so risky, but I guess it makes sense.
2: He he lays out so many good reasons, though. He's like, "Better, (laughs) yeah, it's better for us to get used to the games uh, as much as we can. We need to project a chota, so we need to get better at these things. It'll be easier for us to find a doctor because we meet people. We can get hints for what the hell's going on." Mm -hmm. And then Arisu's like, "Okay, like you know, the more games we play, the better we can understand the game master as well." And it's like, "Okay,
1: Mm -hmm. this makes a lot of sense." Master again in his signature, and I just think it's so awesome because it's always Arisu who's talking about it, and he's just that's just main character things right like he's just thinking bigger picture and just finding the little cool what he brings to the table and how to implement that
2: yeah and it, it does seem you know they're kind of setting us up as it's like arisu versus the game master eventually which i think will be uh an incredible battle of the minds
0: That's why I'm getting like death note vibes from this. It's just like mental battles after like one after the other. And I just, I'm getting everything
2: vibes from this. It's really (laughs) funny. Yeah. yeah. It's It's like, Oh, that character reminds me of this. Like, Oh, that, that, that's kind of like someone else's personality. Oh, she kind of looks
0: like her. Yeah. I without in one of the uh, reviews I was actually reading, they were basically saying it's a combination of like these eight different like movies and TV (laughs) shows. And it's like, you'd think it wouldn't work, but it 100% does. So, um, do you want to keep going?
1: With yeah. That so, okay. Now we're going to make the decision. It's later that night and then the light goes off in the distance. And then, then Arisu and Karube go to enter the game, meet some people. But first we see Usagi actually walk past the lasers and enter the game. And this is to me, the first time I saw this, I remember thinking like, wow, okay, there's like 10 people here compared to the last game where no one would have shown up basically if, if our squad didn't go there. Uh, so we see, I think they literally say 10 people once our two boys roll up and then the military dude and his side guy walks so it'll up
0: 13 13 total, 13, total. It's 13
1: it does say 13 i have 13 yeah I this have...
3: is 13 yeah.
1: yeah um Come on,
3: paul wait how does that okay Were you
1: watching with your glasses or not bro no
3: okay. <laughs> but um okay never mind 13 there's 13 people
2: in yeah the
1: so some things to know here kyle we're gonna refer to the one character is just white hair until we get his name
2: okay i was hoodie but that's cool yeah oh i
3: was white hood
1: i actually wrote white super white hair sounds so much better uh and you see him charging something arisu notices that which is cool and then this noob who's even newer than them walks up to them asks for advice Karube's a dick honestly at this point where he says oh it's better if we just don't help at all like they're not a day into this and they can't
0: use another ally i understand like I think after seeing the first game, I don't know, man, I think personally what he was doing was right. I'm not trying to get attached to all these people just to watch them fucking die in my arms. Like Ugh, I'm just going to sit there and not say a word. Like you all, I'm just going to make these negative assumptions about everybody and just hope you all die. That's how That's do fucking it. terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he basically did a complete 180 because he was talking shit on Shibuki about doing that exact same thing. And then he basically, I think he even says it like maybe she had it right. You know, we, we should act like her.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he did it right. I mean, i don't know man it's hard to say I, I would never want to be in that situation i don't know how i would react and then this is when we get introduced
1: to another character NitoBe.
0: natobe yeah yeah he's the one who explains and, the dude, suits and
1: everything. i could have sworn this guy was going to be around forever <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy is fucking hilarious he's got so much charisma oh i've played five games smile yeah he's, he's lived <laughs> he lived them all so he, he introduces himself as the game The Siri game thing announces that the difficulty is five of spades, and
3: Usagi just immediately starts stretching. I thought
0: that was yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: She's dude, she's awesome. Oh, we
0: get that anime-like clash of when Adisou and her like walk past each other. You get that like, if it was in an anime, it would have like frozen and yeah. Each panel
1: would have shown like one of their eyes. Exactly, that would (laughs) have been
0: that moment right there. I really because they emphasize it a little bit. You get a little like drum beat as they lock eyes. They're gonna bang. I mean course. Well, this (laughs) is when tension's already there. So
1: Natobe is the one who gives us that info drop. We already brought up what each suit means, and then he confirms that the the number is the difficulty. And then right away, as soon as he's done talking about that, the game pops up and says, it's called a game of tag. And the rule is just run away from the tagger. And the clear condition is you need to find the safe room within the amount of time, which is 20 minutes, or a bomb's going to blow up the whole fucking apartment. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I just started laughing when it said that. It's just like... It's like, yeah, we're
1: playing a game of tag, but we're going to blow the fucking building up. And (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it, like what? It seems like such overkill, because if the building doesn't blow up, don't the lasers just kill everybody
3: anyway? I was just going to say we have lasers, (laughs) but we're going to blow you up because we feel like
0: it. I like it, though. I like it. Maybe the lasers take a good amount of energy to use and they're trying to conserve the usage of them. Who knows?
2: They were not conserving them at the end of episode
1: one. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think that the lasers are actually only used to kill you if your visa expires or if you break a rule. Okay. Unless you could think of another laser. Yeah, like they wouldn't use it to just kill you in a game unless you were breaking a rule. I don't know, because it actually is in the first game. I don't know. Whatever.
2: I mean, that's like the best way to kill yourself, though, in this world.
0: Yeah. 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 Just enter a game and then just run out of it and just. (laughs) I would love to be lasered if I had to go. Yeah, that'd be the quick. That'd be the best way to do it for sure. But I just want to say before we get into it, uh at this moment we kind of get flashbacks between the actual game and Chota. So I just figured let's we run just, through all the Chota stuff. Yeah, that's right. literally what I have. So oh. then I have Q Paul's second hottest scene.
3: <laughs> yeah, Q Chota losing his V card. Let's, let's
1: go. go let's
0: go, Chota. Pa-
3: Paul's sexiest scene.
1: Looking sweaty and gross and great.
3: Oh my god, leg is burning on <laughs> fire. Um, and uh, just to make it better. He's thinking of his mother <laughs> oh while he's she's being a sexual offering to the head of this church. Oh, my God. What a, what a fantastic way to lose your virginity.
2: <laughs> he literally starts praying and I just started cracking up. It's <laughs> like this is exactly how you should not act when you lose your virginity. <laughs> oh Granted, she's clearly using him. This is the vibe I'm getting, at least like That's she's using her femininity, you know, and that pussy power, for lack of a better term. Yeah. The- to benefit herself. The but whole, like,
3: sorry. come on! the whole The whole conversation beforehand, she was basically saying, "Oh, so like you suck, Chota, and you like you're you're basically dragging your friends down." And Chota's like, "No, they won't leave you behind." And then she was like, "You want to know something? I was banging my superior. Mm-hmm. We're both pieces of shit. We should <laughs> stay together." Uh, then the blouse comes off and the torpedoes come out. <laughs> Yes, yes. Very nice. It
1: would fucking work, honestly.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean This is amazing. How old is Chota? I, I don't know if we ever
1: get like You gotta be like mid-20s, everyone, because they're not they're going for jobs, they're not in school mm-hmm. anymore.
3: That's what I
2: figured. Yeah. Yeah. When when she said when she goes, Chota kun, I can trust
3: you, right? And I was like, No, no,
2: <laughs> that is not what you want to hear from her right now.
3: <laughs> she was like, But your leg, it's gonna drag you down. She was like wiping up and down his thigh.
0: It's like, yeah right, dude snake.
1: i thought that came out of left field i was so shocked was like what was going on i was like where did this come from
0: that's why I exactly that's why i thought she was like gonna betray them at some point i thought she was just gonna like make cho to her bitch and then just make him do some <laughs> wild shit
3: it's like through marius in spartacus he's like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> why why am i hard yeah, that was great. I mean, she
2: he, she has him praying and fucking hitting flashbacks on the bed. like He was not ready for this. I was uh, dying laughing.
1: If you haven't picked up on this through two two episodes yet, Kyle, for some reason, the directing crew decided it, it was just a good idea to make the characters have visible sweat on them a lot in random
0: situations. I think that's an anime thing. But
1: it's like... Yeah, but you have to you have to do it in real life. It's not just like you, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking like oh, even like in the first in, couple, oh, of, okay. like the first app is the first scene when uh, Arisu's gaming. He's got sweat on him when they're just walking in the when they're in the bar. Like they got sweat on that. Like it's just weird. Dude, I don't dude, know. It's
3: like spray yeah. bottles yeah, on the red. That's I
0: was exactly, actually what it must be. I was actually thinking about that too. Is like, is it actually like? Are they just gross? Just sit, sitting on sweat, like just on set, just all sweat. Yeah, that like.
1: that showed a sex scene was probably smelled gross. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The first time I noticed it was actually the beginning of this episode in the
2: the flashback of her mountain climbing mm-hmm. with like her right arm. And it was just so
3: many sweat bubbles. I was <laughs> yeah, like, was OK, a, like, are you sick or are you sweating? Yeah,
1: but it's fine on her. I think it.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's not a sweat.
0: A, I think it's an anime thing, right? Like when you watch anime characters and they're like in a moment of shock or something, you can literally see the sweat on their face. Yeah, like that's just how I, I take decision it. making for sure.
3: Um, um yeah just to wrap up this we got some side boob we got some mm, under boob
0: that is true it was um, very hot
3: very and hot. then chota as he's praying just keeps saying the phrase like save us from our save our tainted souls and stuff like saying this. like holy
1: mother yeah. yeah
3: and at the end he's basically like just holy save mother us. like please please make sure they're okay the two of them are okay yeah
2: and it also is interesting that i mean his his mom they're kind of they're kind of downplaying her, but like also give putting her in our face a little bit, you know, because she talks about in the first episode that we got to cleanse Tokyo, and then mm. in this you know he gets hit with the flashback, and it's him noticing that she was gonna go you know get banged out by whoever that dude was, which we don't know who that man is who she was giving that offering to, but I thought that was an interesting yeah. part that they added to the scene.
0: What if it was the same person that was banging Shibuki? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Shibuki, just like twenty <laughs> Could years. Could good for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all, right, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Yes, yeah, so, this game is fucking lit. So I love it. Have, so many badass
0: moments. Yeah, here we have um, the player. The game is about to get, begin, and the players are dispersing all over the hotel property that they're at. Uh, silver hood dude, appears, white hair, bro, white hair appears to the top corner of the hotel, just in the very corner, and says he has the perfect location because you can see basically just everything. Confident, and cool. Then we get the. Game Startu. tagger is on the move and suspense builds. We have no idea what's going on. We get a few POV shots of this hooded figure. Like we can tell his visions distorted a little bit. Um, Arisu, Karube and Nitobi are together and they are searching the doors for which one could be the correct one. As they're climbing up the stairs to continue their search for the doors. Uh, they hear something body falls to the ground. Body falls down the stairs they look around the corner and it's a person in a what what kind of ma- a horse mask mm-hmm. a horse mask with a submachine gun looks like we found the fucking tagger.
2: Yeah, they they did a good job of like building the anticipation mm-hmm. because honestly at first I thought it would be that like one of them would get chosen as the tagger mm-hmm. and it would pop up on their phone and no one would know who it was. I didn't think that it was going to be someone in a horse mask with a fucking Uzi walking around the apartment <laughs> complex.
3: Uzi, so I think that's that was a- that's a
1: Mac, it was 10. a Mac 10, yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you didn't know, you probably haven't noticed, but that's like an iconic horse mask when it comes to this show. Like they use that as like the thumbnail. If you're ever just looking on Netflix and stuff, it's mm-hmm. just the horse mask, which is yeah. funny.
3: It reminded me of a uh, black mirror and uh, it was a white bear. Mm-hmm. That one where it was just, that was terrifying. And I, I did list out, I said that
2: before the game started, I said, I I have, a uh, I have absolutely zero faith in the two girls The older, the old man, the the big brute guy, the old lady and the young kid. That's the people I said I had no faith in.
3: I had the same thing. As soon as I saw the guy with the oval glasses, I was like bait. I was like (laughs) instantly dead to make it worse. He's like, I can't handle this. And he runs out the opening. I was like, like, if this is your first game and you didn't know about that, that's the only thing acceptable. But I thought he was equivalent. For Shadow and Bone fans out there, there's a Bone Shadow and Bone, right? Yeah, Shadow and Bone. First episode, he's equivalent to the dude that lights a lantern on the boat. Yes. He is just garbage.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the, a couple of the fodder get taken out pretty early into this game. I think the one girl's name—it's like it's almost Arya, but oh, it's I, not. I, I was pissed. Even, I, I thought it's it was Arya. I and my
2: yeah, yeah, they get the yeah,
3: they get they get clats pretty quickly. AKA meat shields. Yeah, yeah. And then I think it announces at one point like seven participants left.
0: Okay, yeah. so that's this. Yeah, yeah, right. Coming up to this next real, part, real quick though. At this moment in time, what game would you rather pick? The first one or the second one? Second one. This right? one. Yeah. Yeah. One, you have. Yeah. I feel like I would have way better chance of living in this. Like the literally the first game is a 50-50 multiple fucking times in a row. Like, yeah.
3: was well, this a five? space? This was five. Which hell yeah. I'll
0: take this all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: How the hell is the other one a three? Dude, honestly, most people would die in the first one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, like you said, we with eight minutes left, there's seven sur- survivors remaining. All we really see between the, when they're all alive to now seven is we see um, Usagi's uh, mountain climbing skills Dude. appear in action, which were really badass. I thought she. OK, hold on. Parkour, let's parkour. let's let's
1: let's. This is one of the coolest parts of the episode is when she's in the hallway and there's another person in the hallway with her. And then the tagger comes around the corner. Sorry. Dude, when
0: <laughs> what? When she says she doesn't she say sorry? Is it the old lady you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, basically.
1: And she dude, she like does the cool flip up around the the pole, the column that's right there, and then just dips like you would never get caught if
0: you were her mm-hmm. she could just scale buildings and she's just so cool that old lady had dementia out the ass she had no fucking clue what she was doing she was just like wandering <laughs> yeah. the halls and this fucking she, she sees the horse dude with the gun and is still just standing there as if she's going to fucking get her hills quality seafood at 10 a.m. you know what I mean <laughs> like gets murked by this fucking She's like food. how
3: do I use this phone yeah it's
0: basically so
3: but it, and then the newbie the newbie gets lit up. So um, we see that the horse guy is up. F- he's, I think he's at level five or sh- uh, a higher up level. And he's looking down and starts shooting across the building instead of down the hallways.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit after this is pretty much when we get into plan mode, strategy mode. And again, right I'm, here. I'm is- just going to point it out every time. Like when Arisu does something that's like main character esque and they come up oh no the, so this is when yeah, he's doing one, the communication thing so right what i
0: have is right here is uh the big guy we meet er- from earlier can i say his name yeah, yeah he says Ag- Ag- Agune Agune Agni. Agune. uh approaches the boys and basically says he's he has fire extinguishers and he's like we're going to take out the tagger so good plan to me honestly like if it's if there's 13 people against one tagger with a machine gun, you might as well try and team up and knock his ass out.
2: Yeah, he's a beast too. He's like, you know, he's got the height, he's got the weight, the dominant hand, he's got like, you know, he's got this level of training. So he might have this type of background. Oh, and yes. also they they focus too on the fact that the him and the and the dude with the headband are wearing like wristwatches which I thought was interesting. They kind of they do a, a decent job of like showing us that other people are figuring out this technology or rather the lack of technology and finding their ways around it. So it's going to be interesting to see, to meet other people and what kind of ways that they're
3: getting around that. Just to hype up our boy in the military pants a little bit more. He's like, that's a Mac 10. Mm -hmm. He's going to empty. It's, thirty two rounds and one point five seconds. So you're like, oh my God, Epic. you just know everything, don't me, you?
0: Does he also say here because of how he shoots, like he deduces he's like ex ex police or something? He's not like military, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he's like the he's
1: like he's right handed, ex police. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Dude, so cool. I, I would've would've his- a bit, I would have just from the beginning stood near him yeah. and just followed this motherfucker I would have
3: wrapped myself around his leg and <laughs> said I'm not leaving your side take me
0: bro I do like his intro because when you when he cuts off because it's the little bitch boy trying to talk to Kadube and Adisu and he just like comes in you can literally hear the thudding of his feet like as he enters so you know he's supposed to be this big ass dude
1: loved him I loved his introduction all right so Wait. um
0: oh and also to I think like right before
2: this happens we get a uh, we get white hair still kind of just like looking over everything that's happening, and he says, "Shall we begin,
3: dude?" Which like was
2: immediately I was thinking, like, is he the tagger? Like, you see the actual tagger, and the the guy with the gun is like the distraction. Because at this point, I'm still thinking that you know one of the people had got assigned the role, the tagger. So I was like, what "The fuck's so this guy's deal?" He
1: says that when it hits six minutes, right? Like all this thing is all this stuff's happening. It says six minutes, and he goes, "Hmm, like, shall we begin?" And just starts walking. And now that you know he wasn't the tagger how badass like that was just so fucking cool he's like all right time to time to go to work and he went yeah. right to
0: the solution like right yeah. away he's just the next level Adisu, with just a lot more experience i think <laughs> fucking love that guy I
3: like i liked how they showed him watching usagi and he was like oh a climber yeah. that's cool
0: <laughs> yeah yeah." He was Clim- so impressed. No, the japanese is a climber
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh just so you guys know this is outside of the show that um the actor for the white hair, like, is just apparently just every girl wants to
0: fuck him. Really? He's yeah, the in guy. real life, yeah. I, like could his see, actor. I could see it. I honestly kind of want to fuck him. I, me too. Um <laughs> <laughs> all right, point aside. Um, so they kick the plan off into action. So Arisu and Usaki are in charge of looking for the doors, while Agune, Kadube, and Headband guy are going to try and hunt the tiger. So what the plan is is they're gonna use the headband dude as bait to draw out the tagger. And when he does his role, he draws out the tagger. And as the tagger is about to shoot him, he's screaming, Agune, Agune. And he just gets shot. Agune just lets him die. Kadube makes that. uh, He notices that he says, you're just going to let him die. And as soon as he's about to shoot Kadube, who's around the corner, uh, Agune comes out and sprays him with the fire extinguisher, kind of distracting him. And this scene I thought was so funny because they were just like punching a dude in a horse mask. Like, Take off the fucking mask and then beat some ass. Well, <laughs> he, I don't know. He let him fuck up his boy
1: because he wanted him to empty the clip. Right. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. That was the I, point, I guess, right? Let yeah. the 1.5 seconds go that. by. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. That makes so much sense. And then he was like, man, nah, maybe I'll shoot you. Mm-hmm.
3: But they fucking don't. <laughs> he reloads and then points at that cover. But... But
0: but yeah, the attacker
3: was a
2: beast, though. He was kicking their ass. The way he like, I don't like, you know, th- whatever. They're exchanging blows. But the way that he like, or it could have been a woman put like their yes. foot like up on the wall to like use the leverage i was like all right this motherfucker knows what they're doing <laughs> yeah. dude
1: he was such a good fighter the tiger i honestly wish we did get to see his face mm-hmm. because their whole entire battle the entire time is pretty awesome like even the next part i guess we can kind of skip ahead a little bit and jump back to arisu in a second the next part when they're fighting and they get rid of his gun he whips out the machete and he starts hitting it's actually the same scene yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it okay, is. this whole scene so he stabs karube and then, dude, Algade does the coolest little drop kick. I'm yeah. Kidding. And then he just starts fucking wailing on his horse mask like a million times. After getting out. the cool yeah. ass scar. That's gonna be a permanent thing, which is uh, awesome. And he does the yeah. classic
3: anime line. Oh, this is getting interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Once dude. once he got the scar, I was like, I want this guy to live because I want him to have that scar yeah. in the
0: show. I love the bass. Every time he was hitting the horse mask, you could just hear the thudding just so deep in your ears. It was just, it, you could hear the force that he was wailing on that dude with.
3: To hype up Horse Guy a little bit. <laughs> At one point, Karibe jumps on his back and stabs him with a knife that he took and completely like didn't phase times. him. Yeah, didn't phase him going on. He's still. Like destroyed uh Unagi a little bit. Agane? Agane. Okay. Unagi. Jeez. Unagi. That's something else. <laughs> that's
0: a <laughs> yeah, literally that's...
1: rearranging <laughs> his name too. It, yeah. it could be Unagi.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. Um but yeah, so we see Karube take a slice to the side of his uh hip-ish area, kind of, so that mm-hmm. does some damage to him. And as they're fighting, Adisu and the silver haired dude make that deduction that we talked about earlier that because earlier when the tagger was shooting at someone from a farther distance with a mac 10 he was they basically found out that he was trying to make sure no one was going to enter the door that that person was standing that was the clear room basically so that's what they figured out that that was going to be the room that the safe yeah the clear room exactly
3: white hair is just like oh so you
1: figured it out Yeah, like he figured it out without even doing anything just standing on his
0: perch (laughs) oh that's impressive So they enter the room and of fucking course, they are immediately ambushed by another tagger.
3: Check those corners, baby. You got to check those corners. Was the
0: tagger just always in the room? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I just wanted to make sure. What an easy, I feel like if you're that tagger and that's your job, just like, like if the game says just sit in this room until someone opens the door then kill them, like, well, sign me up for that game. You
3: did see who was under the mask and she did look like she didn't know
0: what
1: she was doing at all. Yeah. They would have, both died if they the horses were not different were opposite roles. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because I was kind of questioning how Arisu was like holding off this tagger. Yeah, because we you know we we had just seen one of them beat almost you know pretty much beat up Ichigo and I mean he gets handled a little bit by um what's his name again I'm sorry the, the Agane. Agane. And, like, there's no way that Ariso could have taken that guy by himself. Yeah, I agree. And so, honestly,
1: like, if it was reversed where Agane was the first horse guy, they probably all would have died, too, right?
0: Yeah. If he yeah, was oh the he, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean,
1: bad. granted, they would have had the guy that was under the horse mask on their team, so maybe it would have evened I out know. a little bit. But Agane
0: with a fucking sword like that in the MAC-10, he's just <laughs> yeah, taken down true. anybody. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so,
1: When they're in the clear room, right? That this guy starts attacking him or this, the the second horse person starts attacking him. And then that's when we see the payoff of white hair charging his taser from the beginning of it. And he uses it, right? Seemingly seems to seemingly knocks out the horse person. And he has like this little comment, like it's good to come prepared. And right away he stands up and starts shooting the, the gun again. And this splits up Mm. Arisu and white hair. White hair has to retreat back out onto the. Balcony, while Arisu has to go into the final room, and then that's where he goes out to the window and starts screaming to everybody, communicating, "I need someone else to help. I can't clear this by myself. Like, hurry up!"
0: But everyone's occupied, because and, dude, getting his ass kicked.
1: Yes, with Usagi just straight out of Assassin's Creed, just launching herself onto the coolest, like, this tiniest windows. I'm just a fanboy for her. Man. You called? She's
3: awesome. <laughs> yeah, she gets in exactly. there. You
2: called? I hated that line. <laughs> I was like, come on, that is not what you would
0: fucking say.
3: <laughs> Honestly, good guy, Arisa. we didn't talk I don't believe about earlier. He started yelling to everybody to say, "Hey, like avoid the tagger, like he's at level 4 or 5 mm-hmm. whatever in the central area." So, obviously, he wants to help everybody and that resonates,
0: that resonates with Usagi because she also later in the event tries to communicate with everybody right. where mm-hmm. the tagger's yeah. location is. So, so
3: like him yelling out that that's cool that there was a respect was before. Yeah.
0: There was a respect from Usaki in that moment for Adisu.
3: And it's interesting too because
0: she starts the game
2: off and she says out loud, like you can only rely on yourself. Hmm. And then she responds well to that in the game. Okay. Some Jiren vibes from me right there. You can only rely on yourself.
1: This <laughs> was the coolest minute ever. I thought it was so dope. We get the Siri update. There's one minute left in the game until the bomb explodes and destroys the whole building. Hmm. And at this point, the horse person jumps back into the room and is basically choking out Arisu and has the gun to his head and he's struggling. He's about to live. And then
0: that's when Usagi, that's when Us-
1: Usagi gets there. But then white hair runs back into the room and slow mo just chucks the taser to Usagi. Usagi, catches it, tases him. There's like five seconds left. Arisu and, Us- and Usagi stand up. And they just cross dive and hit the buttons with one second left. And it Paul,
0: was. Paul, you want to break down that cross
1: dive? I thought it was awesome. I don't know. I, I fuck, thought it dude. was
3: cool. I thought it was completely unnecessary. But,
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, okay. I, I, I was, was going to
3: say the same <laughs> thing. I mean, I thought the the taser toss to Usagi was unnecessary too. Yeah, wasn't
0: he not in like arm's was, reach of the. He was in of, the doorway. You know, he like, was like, hey,
3: I don't want to get <laughs> shot here. Toss it. Yeah. But, you know, I thought it was fucking dope. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Of
0: course, it's right as the, the game's counting down to one. So it's mm-hmm. a buzzer beater, slam dunk. We got it. They made it. So game number two on, in the books. That's fucking wild. Um,
3: it was like very short-lived joy, though, mm-hmm. because we see the tagger in the safe zone. Her helmet falls off. We see it's an older woman, and she looks petrified. All of a sudden, we see a, a necklace around her. And she lifts her head up, it starts ticking, and then boom, blood everywhere.
0: Well, and Audisu is also about to ask her questions. He's about to start like asking her basically like about the game, the game master. master. Yeah, yeah, he's basically going to start asking her about the game master, but lo and behold, she's actually also a game player, a player too. So we see the phone fall out mm-hmm. and it says game over. It's that was such so a good brutal moment. Brutal watching, dude, just all that blood just appearing right behind her when, on that white wall. Of course, it was so gruesome. Ruined
3: white hair's hoodie. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah.
1: Out. And then hit us with this last little bit right here, Dave. All right. One um, more thing that
0: happens in this episode. So uh, we find out that the woman of course was not, was also just part of the game. And we can see that this looms over, looms over Adisu. Uh, Karube and Agene also determine the same thing uh, with their tagger. And while they're getting up, Karube hears a walkie talkie coming from the pants of the headband guy that Agene sacrificed. Uh, and when he picks out the radio, it says, The answer is in our hands now. Get back to beach. <laughs> so, what a fucking return! Ending.
1: It says, Yeah, wait, okay. It says, Return. The answer is in our hands now. Get back to the beach. Yeah, yeah return, return to the, to the beach. beach. Yeah, yeah. And when Karube looks up, Alkane's already gone.
3: Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. Batman out of there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Kyle, instant, instant reaction to that radio call that ends the episode.
2: Um, my instant reaction was that it's really the interesting. Episode? Well, yeah, 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 of course. But that I like the concept that there's people like groups out there, you know, that seem to be kind of allying themselves and trying to figure all this out. And like I had mentioned earlier with like the wristwatch, that there's people that are getting around this technology block and that they're communicating with walkie talkies. You know, there's like a coordinated kind of almost like a plan that they're putting out there to try to figure this thing out. Uh, I just really like it. I mean, it, after this episode I got it just reminded me of Great Island, the Great Island arc in Hunter Hunter, how like, you know, people are teaming up to kind of I mean, they're collecting cards technically too. Obviously the cards have different uses, but I just really like that concept. I was not expecting that at all. I figured we would just kind of be following our main three and as they kind of would survive and get through games, but now I think that concept means that we're in for like A really cool cast of characters i didn't think we were going to get this level of world building and kind of cast
1: so i'm really interested to see more about that i can directly say something that unless you're going to go off what he said uh so one thing i do want to say though is what i just read after finishing the series is that the guy from the beginning uh of this episode nitobe right whatever his name was he was supposed to play like a bigger part and stuff so there's just a lot of cast members and they had to probably just choose because the manga allowed them to expand upon all these people. So I am happy at the, the rosters that we have, but some people I'm sure are going to be cut short compared to their roles in the source material.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I didn't realize that there was a source material before I watched, but now that makes a lot of sense that there's, you know, a lot of not wacky characters, but you know, that just means that we're going to, we're going to be in for an interesting group of characters. Mm-hmm.
3: So I have a question for you guys about the taggers. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So I have a question for you guys about the taggers. Um, we saw on the floor, the phone, obviously. So we know they were players. And we also saw that the horses had had a diamond on it. And we know diamond is wits. So do you think that those two taggers, their game was technically a game of wits or do you think it was still physical
1: i think it uh,
3: because i mean they have the guns um and it's like kind of a strategy like all right like how do we keep this safe space
0: if you think of the overall game and what it meant it was a wits game i'd say but honestly, i don't think, they, I think everything's paper, a wits game yeah, but straight up on paper i think it's more of a physical game for them i, the I also think that the prize
1: physical. is always a single card somewhere right i don't think mm-hmm. they would have like two cards set just in case okay it's
2: also interesting, too, because I mean, like, couldn't both groups of players failed because if the horses at the taggers didn't kill everyone, but also the people didn't find the safe room to hit the buttons wouldn't the whole building have just blown up?
3: Well, I figured their goal was to kill everybody. Yeah, but before, I'm saying before the 20 minutes. Yeah, so they also had a time limit of 20 minutes to kill
1: everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, they yeah. theoretically
2: both groups of people could have failed. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: But it's also interesting that they seem to have been almost forced to play that game because they had the neck rings.
1: Well, who knows? Because if there was a starting point that they followed the light. Yeah, go back that, that's just lasers. I guess the
2: vibe that I had gotten was that they seemed more forced into that role, while other people it seems like you can just kind of pick any game you want, and that just kind of. Also bleeds in a little bit to my interest with the whole group concept where, you know, I'm going to ask his name again. I apologize, but the man with the military pants, the, the cool brute guy, Agane, was like, it seemed like he was sent out there on a mission. So, like, you can kind of go to any game you want. And I wonder what the strategy is for kind of picking games. It seems like you don't know what the game <laughs> is until, you, until you, they tell you, because obviously they didn't realize that it was going to be tag or a physical game when they showed up to the location. But I think it's, there's, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of potential in this you're show. asking The I'm right just,
1: questions. You're thinking yeah, about the right stuff. I, I think I you say. would, I think
3: you would live in this world yeah. for a decent amount of time.
2: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it's really fun to figure out the shit with them, like alongside them. It also helps build the tension where it's like, like, what would I do? Like, what's the answer? Um, and, and it I, seems like there's so much variety, And not only characters, but fucking games they can come up with. I mean, we've only seen the three and a five. So, like, what the fuck is a ten? Like, what the fuck is an ace?
3: I will say there's one game in the future that i figured out before Rishu did. And I was like, I'm a genius. I'm going to live in this world for eternity. Your boner is probably bigger than Chota's. Yeah, I would have died. I would have died in the first game anyway, honestly, Uh, let's be honest.
1: But another thing that I, I took away from my first time watching the series I was a little nervous at this point, like two episodes in thinking like I had all these questions that you're saying. I wanted to know super specific things about the world and how the games worked. And I was a little nervous that that's really hard to write, but they do a good job of really slow burning the information and giving it to you and it, and it clicking on pretty much almost every front, which is something to look forward to. I think that's one of the reasons I walked away from the show being like, fuck yeah, this was awesome.
2: Yeah. And also the, the, the concept of the beach Got me thinking of. I'm fairly. I'm like ninety percent positive that it was capitalized as the beach. Mm-hmm. So, because I. I mean, the first thought was like, is there a beach in Tokyo? I mean, I know Japan itself is an island, but and then I was thinking like. The cars don't work, but that doesn't mean that they couldn't walk out of the city. It's mm-hmm. so, like I'm curious of what like their boundaries are. Mm-hmm.
0: And, when you, when, and when you mention something like that, it's like also how far is the boundaries of the lasers too? Like, is it only covering Tokyo? Is it covering all of Japan? You know, like yeah. how far? What's the extent of these games? Seems yeah. like a
3: land of borders, <laughs> or <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: a borderland.
1: <laughs> uh, so I just will probably do this at the end of every episode, just real quick, because it's not like a segment or anything but just pointing out the Alice in Wonderland references in case you've missed them and Kyle do you know the story of Alice in Wonderland have you seen the movies or books or whatever do you know enough about it very loosely like you never saw like the Johnny Depp movie either no nah, I, I have but okay okay you know, so it wouldn't be something everything that... is surface level enough where I think it'll click with you so obviously Arisu is Alice and for those listening that aren't really familiar with the Japanese culture it's a very icon I'm not iconic it's a very known thing that L's are difficult to pronounce and they're usually substituted with like an R. Mm-hmm. So Arisu is Alice. That's like obvious. And duh. Arisu, Ali, it literally sounds like it, you know, from yeah. a Japanese perspective, Um, the playing cards are clearly a link to the, the, the queen of hearts from Alice in Wonderland. And then the only one that you really wouldn't ever know without looking it up is Usagi is uh Japanese for rabbit. And you know how, like, I'm late, I'm late, rabbit person, you know? That's just a reference to that, so. And she jumps around like a bunny. Yeah, I, guess. I was gonna say, okay.
3: she's she's hopping around yeah. that building, it's nothing.
1: So, that's gonna do it for this episode, but Kyle, 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 bro. Next podcast episode is where you're gonna walk away from it, I think, just fucking mind-blowing. Like, it, I am so ready for you to watch the next two episodes because the next two episodes is when this show escalated to something where I started recommending it to everybody. And I was like, okay, everybody's going to watch this fucking show is so good. And I'm That's so good because... happy that we're fucking.
2: There. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I felt that way after the first two, I mean, I had written up some final notes and the first thing I wrote was like, yeah, I mean, I'm just obviously going to like this show,
1: dude, just, just be ready. Three and and the last
2: things. thing that, that I didn't get to talk about is that, just, I mean, we talked about a little bit, but Shibuki is so unbelievably suspect. It's like it almost feels too <laughs> obvious that <laughs> she's like super. Dis- like I can't, you can't trust her. You can't trust her. That you know, and really like obviously, easy. like no offense to Chota, but like, there's no way that she was just trying to bang him because she likes him. Like Dude, at the end of the oh,
0: day, at the end of the day, Chota got some pussy. It's all good. This is true, but it could <laughs> be his downfall in the end. You
2: know what I mean? But at least, like, he, I mean, I guess he won't die a virgin. But yeah. I just yeah, thought it was yeah. interesting because. She she kind of flirts with Ichigo a little bit when they're in like the like appliance store, oh, and right, he's like not having it. And I, I I for me, I took that as like she tried to do this with him, hmm. but was like, okay, he's not like he's too tough, and then looked at Chota and was like, Okay, he's the mark. Like, look at this guy.
0: Sheep. She's a skank. skank. All righty. Well, that's it for our coverage of Alice in Borderland. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is like the podcast i am most looking forward to recording by far so far um be sure to check out our other weekly podcast coverage of shadow and bone and definitely check out our interview with i cannot pronounce her name so megana
3: Mag- tova
0: okay megana tova give us a follow on our socials at binge town tv twitter instagram um am i missing one there <laughs> Dude, check out our website binge and leave us a review once again we are binge town tv and thanks for listening up dog
3: You're listening to the Geekscape Network